0: How do you do it? Guess things? I don't guess. I observe. And once I've observed, I deduce.
1: Wait, wait, wait. You assault our perp with an
2: orange, and then somehow has he convinced he's innocent?
0: Guys
1: like him, they walk between the raindrops.
3: Hello, my dears, and welcome to Elementary, my dears, the podcast all about the CBS show, Elementary. I'm your host, Allison Malden, here with my steadfast co-host, George Hendricks.
1: The most steadfast.
3: <laughs> and our guest today is writer and co-host of the Black Alert podcast, which is a podcast about the universe of Star Trek and the infinite diversity of his fandom, Marisha Johnson.
0: Hi.
1: Welcome. Welcome.
3: Thanks for being here, Marisha. Oh, I
1: hopped on there. Yeah. A Sunday morning
3: <laughs> so a little background for the listener we met on twitter because um I was going through looking for people to follow who had tweets about elementary and you had actually written you've written more than one article about elementary right yes
2: um I've read I have written about two to three articles for el- about elementary that you can find on black girl nerds um. Do freelance writing for them and um i am a stand of this show so it's
3: yes nice. i had to do it we'll link to those so it, anybody who wants to check out the black girl nerd articles they, they'll be linked in our show notes and um it's fun to have we guests who have familiarity with the show who are already fans because they always bring really interesting perspectives yes and so let's talk about, um, <laughs> she's like, yeah, I got thoughts. Oh, uh, I got things to
1: say. <laughs> I got them to say. <laughs> just, just holding it back, but I got them.
3: Uh, let's talk about uh, Black Alert Podcast for a minute. Um, I'm not personally a Trekkie. Like, I've seen some Star Trek, but I'm not super well versed in it. Is that like a word play on?
1: One second. If you give a second, is it in your parlance Trekkie or Trekker? I'm a Trekkie. Uh-oh. You're a Trekkie. Okay. I know there's a delineation in there, and I'm not exactly oh, sure really? what it is. I know it exists.
3: That's interesting. I wasn't aware. Even was
1: Star Wars is like, I like Star Wars. I'm a Star Wars fan. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 blah. But like Trekkers and Trekkies, there's a line. There's a line. There's yes, a line. Our, and you, you self identify. Our fandom <laughs>
2: is in slaves daily.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, it's just the flame war Just No, you're a Trekker, you don't know what you're talking about
2: uh, Yes, Black Alert Pod is actually a play on uh, Star Trek reference As well as the fact that our Seven panel crew Are all Black or mixed Or however you want to However they decide to identify But uh, mm-hmm. We decided to put together a podcast uh, For diversity in Star Trek Because there was just a a moment a watershed moment where we all looked around and was like you see this do you see this i know you see you see me i see you (laughs) we should talk (laughs) about this and um finding that creating a space to find that acceptance that yes we are geeky yes we are cultured and yes we talk about star trek in so many ways but we love it. it was just a beautiful thing
1: that's awesome yeah, it's nice when you can find your little your bubble like that like oh yeah we we can we can lean into this hard and no one's <laughs> gonna judge me for just like did you notice in that one episode where he did that one thing and they're like yeah i did <laughs> like finally someone else saw that yeah so it's
2: always
3: so, fun. do you think that star trek itself lends itself to um themes of diversity and open-mindedness i've always felt like it was they were doing some progressive stuff on that show, right? Yes,
2: yes. Um, sometimes in the best ways and sometimes in the worst ways.
1: Uh- <laughs> like always, like, is this progressive or pandering? Shit, <laughs> Always. Uh, it's one of
2: the when two. When you get to the idea of we are Starfleet and that idea of that utopian society where
0: mm-hmm. we,
2: for me personally, there's a captain that looks like me with hair down her back and yeah you know, beautiful and strong and powerful and vulnerable. That it's a nice idea to believe in. And I think one of the most beautiful things is that everyone sees themselves in a character or everyone can find a character, find themselves that are, that is not option alien. No, no, that's okay. There's crew members that look like us. There's guys that's wearing skirts. And we like, yeah, with the boots, yes. I love that uniform, but, you know. For me, uh, Noah ever Abba, Abba Batch, Koch, wife Tilly Mary Wiseman. She was she's a plus size girl at the time. Mm. So when I saw her, I was like, yes, yes. And you know, she's <laughs> you know, running her lap. So it, it's
3: when was when do you think? Like, what era was that uh, episode from? Discovery. She came on in Discovery. Okay. okay.
1: I was about to ask, what's your favorite iteration? I mean, there's don't like make
3: what. Do we
0: choose? I want to know.
1: I want to. I want to ask the hard questions.
3: Hard-hitting journalism here.
1: I want to know. What's your favorite? Uh, Who's your favorite captain? And then, what's your favorite? They don't have to be synonymous, but your favorite, favorite. Um. Uh, of course. Uh,
2: they're gonna fight me. I'm gonna get kicked out of. Like, <laughs> oh, my okay. captain is uh Picard.
1: It. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But my. Sh- I love them all, but mm, the car, you mm, just got it. He's but if got I'm it. stuck on
2: a ship, I'm probably serving uh, on Voyager or Discovery.
1: Okay. All right. All right. That's fair. You That's know. fair. It's good. I like that. I like Voyager too a yeah. lot. Discovery, I kind of fell off of watching, so I haven't seen that, a lot of Discovery. I know. But then they're like, oh, it's only on like CBS Plus or whatever. I'm like, I don't have that. And it's like hard to like hunt that down. Oh, and, God. Yeah. yeah. you
2: know what it's worth the Amazon
1: price I'll buy everything through there anyway yeah I get it Thank like like how and how many how many theme songs were done by Diane Warren (laughs) Uh, too many that's the answer right there too many the answer is doesn't matter what the number is it's too many they all have a place (laughs) in my heart (laughs) yeah but that one doesn't get stuck in your head like it does mine and I can't get it out the faith of the heart or whatever was that
0: don't do it what was that don't
1: do it Scott Bakula when I can't remember which one that is oh yeah I don't know but yeah so Star
2: Trek is my thing uh I cosplay Star Trek officers it's the the fandom when they want to be are very welcoming and loving and then there's just a few that I'm like I will go to war about data start me Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i feel like that's every fandom you know there's always somebody that wants to be like hey we know everything there is about star trek and we're pulling out receipts like well did you know
3: yeah Yeah.
2: so it's fun
3: so do you think is there a big overlap in the venn diagram chart between elementary and star trek
2: actors yes or guest actors yes oh um oh that's interesting yeah that's a good one guest actors And also, uh, I'm going to go out on them and say writing. Mm. Okay. How so? Um, See, the rougher seasons of elementary, like one, two, because I think three, they found a great stride, especially with Mm -hmm. wardrobe. You can tell, like, certain voices (laughs) in writing, you can tell who who has stepped in. So I I would love to review the writer's room. Like,
1: yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Match them up one to one, which is, you know, Corinne Brinker off or looking at you. <laughs> yeah. George has beef. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I have a question. I have, like, also, you say, like, see, that's the thing is, like, I don't know if you know how we're doing this, but I watch each episode right before we record it. So I have no idea what's coming next. I don't know the arcs. I don't know the character, like who who dies, whatever. I don't know any of that. All I'm watching is I'm episode by episode as we go. <laughs> so I'm experiencing it. So I have a lot of very much in the moment responses to some of the subjects, some of the choices made, some of the character arcs, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm coming from on that. <laughs> Also, it happens to be I have a lot of strong opinions on some of the writing we've seen so far. <laughs> Look, this show started right after
2: the writer strike. Everybody was just getting uh-huh. back. <laughs> like, I'm just happy to have a job. We're here. <laughs> Somebody sent out the paperwork. Where's my check? So yep. I forgive them for that. But okay.
1: uh well, I'm happy to know that it it, it tightens up in, in in quality and intensity. Down oh yes, the road.
2: oh yes, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh I did, Revisiting, I found I did romanticize a few things that um that are now like red
3: (laughs) flaming plants of
2: wow.
0: (laughs) Gotcha.
3: So you went back and watched a few seasons from, or a few episodes from season one, right? And so you're kind of in that headspace. Let's just jump in. Um, today we're talking about season one, episode eighteen, Deja Vu all over again written by Robert Doherty and Brian Rodenbeck. I
1: haven't seen that name before. I
3: think that's a new name for us so far. Um, And directed by Jerry Levine. So we open in a flashback six months ago. We're looking at a violinist on a subway platform and this very suspicious hooded bearded guy, was he also wearing sunglasses? I mean, it was like I full so. incognito. I um, do like. I
1: want to give them props already for the fact that instead of a dark house <laughs> and a violence against woman, it's a dark subway platform. Yes, violence
0: against women. <laughs> that's a refreshing so, this change. This is where
1: we're starting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see what we're doing here. There's themes. There seems to be themes. We definitely noticed motifs, and this, this... is a motif that we. uh yeah, For the viewers that don't know, I did not
2: listen to the uh, podcast before this because I wanted to just walk into something as it was in process, and I did not know I was supposed to bring my heels for a dragon.
1: This is, this is, listen, no, here's the thing. This is a, this is a love podcast, but it's a tough love podcast. I do, I also want to make clear that while I do, I'm only watching the show bit by bit, I do enjoy the show. I just, if I see something, I'm going to say something. <laughs>
3: If you see something, say something that applies uh, when you're at the airport, on the subway and And on the podcast.
1: Watching elementary. (laughs) Yep. And, uh, and because I'm not romanticizing anything, I say stuff a lot. So there's that (laughs) also, I want to know, like, just out of curiosity, do women like flowers that much that a random creepy stranger in a hood and sunglasses is going to walk up and give you some roses and you're going to be like, let me call my friend and tell her about how my day just got better.
3: That is old. I don't think I would that have her reaction personally. I think I think I would be like weirded out but still probably take the flowers just to be like, okay, sure. Just to get you to go away exactly. from it. Like...
2: We don't <laughs> yeah. take flowers. Like, okay, really. now I will
1: throw these away.
2: We're taking the flowers because yeah. so we don't want to have to shank you on that subway platform
1: okay I just wanted a little bit of <laughs> clarification from this side of the aisle on that one because I was like that don't make any sense to me that is not yeah,
2: something she's you
3: should so, try this poor yeah. girl she's just so like innocent and vulnerable and just like oh a stranger and then gave me phone flowers. phone call
1: she's like oh my head is such a rough week and my first thought it was like this week's about to get way
3: yeah.
1: worse <laughs> yeah for about 30 more seconds you're gonna have the worst week of your life <laughs>
3: oh yeah we we know from the beginning that she's uh, she's in trouble um yeah yeah so as soon as basically uh, (laughs) as soon as she gets comfortable holding the flowers he shoves her into an oncoming train and uh i mean i do think about that whenever i'm on a metro platform that's why I tell you don't like, cross the
1: yellow
2: line. No, do not hang out by the edge. I, I just want to say that to look, everyone. Look down the for the. I didn't understand it. Why are you? Yeah, looking? You want to know, it's but like true. it said, it's coming. You do not have to look over
1: and. You could hear
2: it. Right. Yeah, Pete. You back hear. up.
1: Don't linger. <laughs> don't linger.
3: Just don't. <laughs> don't tempt fate. Assuage your
1: curiosity. <clears throat> don't tempt fate. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, then we cut to Joan having dinner with some college friends. Oh, and, was uh, I the only
1: one confused by this flashback?
3: Um. Well,
1: I was confused because it was like, okay, six months ago, and then it was Joan with dinner, and the way the things develop, I'm like, wait, is she in the flashback too? That was very confused. That's, yeah, I, I can see.
3: This. Yeah, I, I can not. see that because you, you think the flashback is confined to just a subway scene.
1: Yeah, and then it jumps to present day as, <laughs> as is wont to do. Okay, I all right, all right, maybe it's, it's just my, yeah, okay. It's
3: definitely a, um, a, a, they don't do a ton of these flashbacks and, and time jumps and things in this show, so. um, I don't think, I think it was supposed to provide substance on
2: her meeting, you know, Sherlock, and I think they kind of did it terribly
1: yeah it didn't play well and i like the fact that it it did establish the b plot we have of her like having conflict with her friends also i think emily is a very very needy wait
3: oh my god i don't understand we have oh, talked about emily so i'm just gonna <laughs>
1: wait wait i'm
3: <laughs> gonna wait because i want to hear everybody
1: else's thoughts before i go on okay all right right, we'll hold on i just want to say emily needs some boundaries i'm just saying
3: we'll get there, there. Right. we'll get there yeah um So we meet, uh, speaking of Emily, uh, she's the single friend in the scene, and then um, I can't remember the couple's names, but there's a couple expecting a baby, and we get some somewhat clunky dialogue about their goofy college, like, dorm room antics, and then um, maybe like a slightly passive-aggressive remark from Emily about Joan's new career as a sober companion, which I guess at this point, it wasn't even that new. I mean, she would have been doing it for at least a couple years, I think. <clears throat> and uh, it, what does she call it? Like, the, the, thing. the companion thing? thing? The thing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, like, so... yeah which if you've used any Firefly, you know, Companion's a totally different kind of vibe.
3: <laughs> oh, I don't get that so...
1: Oh, it's like... <laughs> that's how the, it's, it's basically like a in firefly a companion is a very well-paid very highly trained um escort oh.
0: that,
1: that travels between planets and 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 does things when she's there Ooh. and and so one of the main characters is a companion and they're like they're like the ninja elite of, of sex workers in the future
3: <laughs> uh somehow i don't think emily watches firefly
1: she doesn't seem like that. Yeah, it's too... no, she gets all bent out of shape of their having sex in her bed. I'm like, come on, it's college. <laughs> I'm mad that was the only action her bed seen in college. That, that I would love that dig though. I love that. It's like, get a wow. job. I was like, that's awesome. Nailed her. You got roasted. <laughs> Read. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe she didn't have sex in college because she was always at somebody else's business. She needs own. Yeah. She got, yeah, she's too outwardly focused. She needs to work on her own self. <laughs> so,
3: um, <laughs> this is going to be a salty the, one.
2: Yeah, I'm I salty. salty.
3: <laughs> I, I was so done with her. Like,
2: <laughs> I was. I'm proud of Joan in that sense. If by thing you mean
1: career. Yeah.
0: yeah. She stood
1: up for- Clap back, Joan. Let yeah. her know how you feel. Yeah.
2: But I'm very much. And she doesn't end up. A- That would have been the end of our conversation. Y'all have a good night.
3: (laughs) Joan is, like, so almost playful about it. Like, you can tell she's letting it roll off her back. Um, But... Is she, though? Yeah. Is she, though? I mean it's mm. i think it's lingering with her she's carrying that with her she's not going to make a scene in the moment but i feel
1: like this is one of those moments where in the course of a friendship when you do have that final you like go at each other this is like one of those moments that gets brought up and like and then when i was like sober companion you called me oh you, yes you, you diminished that and then like you know you list out all these things like these are the things that stick out in your mind as the moments that like this is why we're having this very heated conversation i agree
2: you. i agree yeah. it's
1: been a very much yeah. when have you supported me moments yeah exactly exactly it's like this is what sticks out to me is what my case is being made
2: so whoever wrote that that was definitely cathartic for them (laughs) because
1: yeah
3: (laughs) (laughs) so then like uh i guess luckily in the moment joan gets this call that there's a new client it's hemdale the rehab facility and they've got this client for her and she says what kind of name is sherlock um <laughs> what is it with the I, why
1: do they have to adapt technology and shows to make it wrong? Because she, everyone has an iPhone. When you go when you look at a thing on an iPhone, you're scrolling files, it's like right, 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 left, left, left. She's like pointing up and it's going left, and my brain cannot handle that. Not not that. It, she, she's going notice. up on her phone and shit's going left. I'm like, that's that's not how that works. It's broke, it's
3: broke, yeah.
1: It's broken that's so oh, funny we watch it's
3: weird. like why can't we just have a file that goes like this what? well usually that is how files go like you're scrolling up and down but that's well, weird if
1: you're doing a, a like a pdf it's like an unbroken document but if you're doing individual slides like it was crossing the screen as you go left or right this is true i cannot <laughs> this is logic it's little shit like that that drives me crazy why why do the different why
3: i'm guessing there's a disconnect somewhere between technology whatever <laughs> tech team designed this the animation for the phone and yeah, the uh, filming crew the, the film and crew was like yeah yeah
2: so scroll the phone just, just roll with it it's fine.
3: fine yeah that's good listen, L- T- was, she was probably like i know how an iphone works you scroll like this up and down oh, um, lord yeah
1: it, it was painful that hurt that hurt
3: <clears> so uh then we cut back to to our present day today and joan is uh breaking into a car like a really nice car i didn't i also what kind of I, car. listen
1: i'm not trying to like turn this like this feels like i'm being just the most nitpicky in the world but uh-huh. right now in this bit right now so we go from really awkward phone stuff but modern cars so fun disclosure for a little while i had a job where part of my job was to actively break into cars Ooh, because what? they were batteries were dead or something okay. like that. And you couldn't get the keys in there, the keys were inside. So you had to go, you had to get into the car. So I was taught how to actively break into a car. And and, and modern cars do not have the do the slim Jim technique where you pop it in and you pick that's they they don't do that anymore. They're not designed for that anymore. So a brand new Maserati like she is about to crack into would not respond to a chunk of that. Huh. They don't do that anymore. Interesting. But like so now it's like a like an <clears throat> air bladder that you like peel the door back and you reach in you uh, you unhook the, uh, the 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 unlock button either press it or pull the door handle. Where that's do you, you put the
3: car. bladder in? A- you like, slide the- it
1: in under the door frame and then you in- inflate mm-hmm. it. It's oh. like flat, and you slide it in, inflate it, and then you get a little gap between the the, the frame. It like basically bows out the door a little bit. Slide the hook in there, pop huh. it open. You're in the car, super good to go.
3: That's crazy. Oh.
1: Yeah, that's not how they do that.
2: We know. <laughs> Sometimes you have to have TV ma- magic, just like yeah. we, I just like we but know. If me. you
1: shoot a gas tank, it's not going to explode. Mythbusters completely debunk that. Cigarettes really, will not set gas on Correct. fire. What? Yes. Cell phones will not trigger gas fumes at a pump. They don't do it.
3: So how do you blow up a
1: car? <laughs> my partner, well, you know, my yeah. partner did bomb tech,
2: and he was that's his most like pet peeve watching procedural drums
1: of oh, things blowing like up. Everyone has it. Every- and yeah. he's
2: like, that's, Dude. A low, that's a low flammable. It's not going to do it. It would have to be, okay, you <laughs> probably could do it. And I'm like, Shut up.
1: <laughs> Listen, here's the thing is like, I want to know more about that. I want to talk to him about how you yeah. can blow shit up from a... Di- like, that's what I want to hear. It's like, go tell me more.
2: Wait,
3: wait, there's some bombs in future episodes. We'll have to get him on as a guest. He, he loves the show too. That's,
2: a... that's a private war and I try to keep my house uh, peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm still at the phase where you don't go to sleep mad, but if he goes on about Minecraft one more time... The kitchen will be
1: cold. <laughs> cold. All right. All right. <laughs> He's been warned. Cold and, cold and dark. <laughs> you're on your own, bud. You're on your own. All right. And as as far as I know, that is my last like really nitpicky thing in my notes. So I just wanted to get that out there. That that's not. I know the Slim Jim looks better and it's cooler and you'd be like chuck 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 and then pop in there. I get That's it. how the brain processes. Oh, that's how you're broken. Yeah. I get it. But that's um, not how it's done. Just wanted you to know
3: that. Well, I, are <laughs> always you inter- interested in learning. Yeah, <laughs> you just it's, need
1: to know sometimes. It's, okay. it's
3: good. It's good to have knowledge. Um, <clears throat> although it probably is going to ruin a bunch more movies for me because yeah. I won't be able to, to stop, stop seeing see? it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, she breaks in. The alarm goes off. She gets in. She's trying to hotwire it, oh. and she gets frustrated. And um, she says, I can't do it. And then we cut to Alfredo. Oh, Everybody loves Alfredo. We did. We
0: did.
3: <laughs> and he's back. He's her um, or her instructor in this course of how to uh, boost cars. And he's kind of like trying to encourage her, like, you know, you broke in a lot faster this time. You're going to get it. Keep working at it. Um, he was like, basically. You can't let the noise get to you which is kind no. of interesting because i feel like anytime a car alarm goes off in my neighborhood nobody blinks it's like is it even doing anything okay
2: so <clears throat> that you don't pay attention to the car alarm unless you think it's yours <laughs> yeah that's true and you don't pay attention to the car alarm until your the car alarm is embarrassing you <laughs>
3: yes
1: They're like okay this thing's what i off. did
2: take from the scene was how even in at this moment it's about sherlock every hour she spends with alfredo is two hours he has to spend with alfredo yeah and i yeah they have I like a, that was a
3: deal you
1: gotta
2: have a deal well, it seems like,
3: like that's like, been alfredo's condition like i hey, like how he
1: was leveraging his time like all right i'll do this for you but you need to do this for me to work on your recovery uh, but it is very it is everything is very sherlock centric
3: because uh, we it know is. that sherlock doesn't exactly willingly give up time for his uh, sobriety sobriety yeah. yeah um i mean he's getting better at it but still i not. do
1: like the fact that in order to do the kind of work that sherlock does she apparently uh, Course of course uh a, a amongst the course of the of her learning is you must learn how to break into cars and and, and uh disconnect the alarms
0: <laughs> never, never
1: yeah. i like okay we definitely learning like the more of the gray area of like how sherlock gets it done it's like okay that's standard coursework
3: <laughs> yeah okay oh cool. it's gonna get real oh, gray. Right, it
1: it's worse <laughs> <let> <laughs>
3: So, yeah, we get a text from Sherlock, and then she goes back to the brownstone, and he is upset um, because his father is calling in this favor. A few episodes back, um, Sherlock borrowed some money, um, just a small sum of like 2.2 million. And anyway, the fact he still paid it back, but just the fact that um, Daddy Holmes had to go to the trouble means that Sherlock is indebted to him now. And... He wants Sherlock to come assist his lawyer with some kind of mystery. We don't know what. So they go, Sherlock and Joan go to this conference room in a, like a high rise building overlooking the entire city. And Sherlock is being his typical self, noticing like bulletproof glass in the windows and calling the lawyer a shyster and i th- <laughs> this is a new word for me i've always heard it but i think i misspelled it in my notes it's s-h-y-s-t-r i've never known mm-hmm. how it um, was spelled yeah i don't think i'd ever seen it written out and in fact when i first heard it i was like is that offensive <laughs> but i don't no, think no. it Listen, is only
1: if you're offended by pooping
3: i think yeah i think it's just a german word um which
1: most german words are offensive
3: I think in my mind... Or at least
1: down that way, I guess.
3: I had mixed it up with Shylock, which is like from Shakespeare. It's like a really offensive Jewish character in Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. and But it, that's not the same thing. So um, we meet this uh, lawyer for Mr. Holmes and his assistant Rebecca. And it turns out that the favor is really for Rebecca. Because her sister is missing, uh, has been missing for six months and Rebecca suspects the husband of doing some foul play, so she shows them a very interesting video. Very interesting way to break up with someone: to record yourself. Having I like it. The conversation like it.
1: really it's low impact. It's, uh, <laughs> it's dramatic without being confrontational. I'm like shit. If I'm ever gonna do that with someone, I'm like, <laughs> what? Take one.
3: I guess they just
1: get my shit and go.
3: Yeah, it is more personal than a text. Well, Um, do you really break up with your
1: husband over text? That's like yeah, just like brb, jk, never, bye.
3: It's a good point. This is not a (laughs) a casual relationship. She's ending. Lol. It's a marriage. Yeah. I still don't want to file
2: for divorce in your face, but hey, here's the message. Sign the papers.
3: Yikes! So like, even though we yeah I mean we feel for this woman she's missing there's definitely something going on it's also like whoa that's that is not a doll. yeah yeah so (laughs) she she's a complicated person uh which her sister says as much um I feel like half the
1: time her sister was talking she was trying to explain how complicated her sister was and how like well I know it might seem weird because she's very complicated, but this is not n- normal, kind of weird. Yeah. That seems to be the tone of all of her conversations. I feel about
3: like she girl. has like, spent a, a different type of weird time
1: apologizing for her sister. Uh, so absolutely. I got that same conclusion. <laughs> like, this is not the first time you've apologized for weird ass <laughs> shit your sister does. Your now. sister has not been responsible for life at no point. She has made choices and you have been there to clean them all up. Sorry for you. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Callie. You were a good egg. Your sister is a weird egg. <laughs>
3: clearly and one of the things that callie says in the video is she couldn't stop thinking about this woman who got pushed off a subway platform while holding flowers and to her that was her like life is short um you know moment i need to leave so, you now. Uh, yes you. i'm sorry <laughs> <Carpe diem>.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so Let's see, it's been six months. Um, Oh, right. Rebecca says Kelly had left her husband, Drew, once before. She doesn't know why, she doesn't know the specifics of their relationship. Um, But she believes the video was faked somehow, like maybe Drew forced her to make the recording uh, and the police believe it's real. So she hasn't been able to get anywhere with the police. This is why we're talking to Sherlock now. <clears throat> and then finally, there's this missing trunk, like a family heirloom that Callie had been holding for her. And now it's gone. And Drew swears she took it with her. But Rebecca somewhat morbidly thinks that he killed Callie and, and fucking rolled her out in the trunk. Um which is pretty I, I mean, I guess your mind would go there if your sister was missing and you suspected the, well, the husband. at what, take, like, at what him, point
2: do you suspect the husband? Always, apparently. Yeah. If no, always always yeah. And every sixteen year <laughs> old <group laughs> trauma ever. It's always the spouse. It's,
0: it's always the husband.
2: So. Yeah. But family wise, when you say yep. I, that's a big leap too like, if he's like yeah. your brother-in-law you've
0: known her
1: for a while sister, like game nights and you
3: stuck her in like, our
2: grandmother great-grandmother's trunk and hit her
3: she i i suspect that maybe she had issues with drew before they ever started having problems like maybe rebecca got a bad feeling or um i'm sure that drew wasn't blameless in whatever their relationship issues was he or, would
1: rarely pick yeah. up the check, and when he did, he was a terrible tipper. So <laughs> I, th- I think he put her in the trunk. But
3: your sister is complicated. I mean, yeah. As we know, um, Watson gets a feeling about him later. It's possible that Rebecca just had a, a feeling she couldn't That's explain. <clears throat> and he. I want to ask of... though, like
1: if she is so like. If, if Callie is like I don't want to confront you with like I want to leave I'm just going to write a record you a video do you think that she would legitimately be like now I will pack up my worldly possessions into a very large very heavy steamer trunk and hoof it down to a cab and hop in and go it feels like that it feels like if you're going to leave somebody a video your emotional response to getting out of there is shit in a backpack no wallet, underwear, gotta no. go. Bye. She was I too pretty, know.
2: full makeup in that video.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, this I'm was sorry, I was strategic.
2: She thought this
1: out. Like, I'm leaving this
2: dude. I'm packing my shit and I'm leaving.
3: When you... She feels like she already has probably like some Louis Vuitton luggage set that she has at the ready. She throws her stuff in there. So it's like it's quick, but it's also high fashion, <laughs> you know.
1: It's a it's a sexy game.
2: <laughs> you know, this is yeah. your second Secondly, this is not the first one. This is the second one. So you,
3: <laughs> maybe she has a go so back. You have decided? Just...
2: No, you didn't pick. You just it's took pre-packed. your toothbrush and left. You packed your toothbrush. <laughs> You have decided. She's, have, she's
1: just, got a she's got a bug out bag at a locker at Union Station. She's just gonna screw in there, pop it out, go. Got no, passports, money, you, you, like multiple passports, fake identification. She's just no, like second, ready to go. Second leave.
2: You have an inventory. You have decided what you're okay with and what you must
3: mm-hmm. take. Now, oh yes, in the event of emergency, and clearly this is an emergency because life is short. <laughs> So Sherlock, uh, they leave, Sherlock and Joan leave and he's, he tells Joan, there's no way that video was made under duress. And then he has a list of, um, little factoids about her facial expressions, her micro expressions or whatever, um, that indicate she was relaxed. She wasn't, um... You know, she well, was see, in fact you're, looking you're forward get, to leaving.
1: You're you're going to the to the details of why he's saying this, but then you kind of jumped over the comparison he makes to get to this point. Oh, what was that? When he compares the human face to the penis. Oh, yes. oh I yeah. Have
3: that's that, right. I mean, have <laughs> that
1: answer. The human face looks like a penis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I I mean I, I like his his reasoning is very interesting, like the, the the breakdown he gives, and then you gotta wonder is that where we got the term dickhead?
2: You <laughs> skipped over my favorite word this... oh no
1: oh, we'll get to, to it later we'll get to it later <laughs> but uh yeah we're going straight yes. into the
2: penis which is
1: my t- oh yeah straight to the, straight to
2: the penis well we right did
3: our the at teat, the end the penis uh <laughs> oh yeah he says you're off my dad's teat now watson you know <laughs> yeah so i mean i don't know what do you think george our our Penis is always uh, getting men in trouble and giving away their true feelings. I
1: think the penis <laughs> is getting the wrong kind of men in trouble or the mm-hmm. right kind of men, I guess, if you're going to say that. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like if you have some modicum of self-control, your penis is like a, it is an appendage, not a, another personality that you have to contend with. That's not like a multiple. Oh, sorry. My dick made me do it.
3: <laughs> yes. Wait, wait. So Thank that's you, not George. True. <laughs> that's, your dick Very enlightened point it? of view
1: it doesn't <laughs> if you choose to not let it because at the at the end of the day it's 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 a it's not an autonomous being You mean- so anybody tells you like my penis made me do it i'm Hold like twitter. no you're full of shit Holds on
3: twitter what yeah. you mean are you are you saying it did not men are in control of their thoughts feelings and actions when yep, the penis and can be held responsible
1: and anything else and not, only, not only could be should be With the penis <laughs> yes Call me a traitor to my gender, but I believe firmly that that's how that should be.
3: Amen. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, um, where? Do, sorry, the the I'm really derailed by the whole penis. penis. Thing. That's what I mean, penis that's, does. That's,
1: that's that's how it does. It will mess up your day oh, or right. your life. Yep, it'll mess up everybody's <laughs> day if you do it wrong.
3: <laughs> so. so.
1: Mess it up, going and coming.
3: Basically, Sherlock tells Joan, (laughs) oh, my God. (laughs) 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 So Sherlock wants Joan to take this as her first case, because it feels somewhat low stakes to him. And he, in the meantime, is going to investigate the subway pusher case that has just now come to his attention because it happened while he was in rehab. And then we're off to act one.
1: Yeah. Well, that was a hell of a teaser, wasn't it?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it really was.
1: So uh, act one opens up with the, uh, with, with the, uh... Sherlock is bummed because he didn't see the fact like he was he was in he like he mentions he was in rehab when this initial case happened and he said confined to Hemdale. and then Jones like you were really confined he's like they would let me look at the newspapers because they were <laughs> riling me up
3: yeah but <laughs> so you can see
1: a little bit of insight as to what his time at the at the Institute was like
3: very boring
1: um, and then they have some back and forth about the what constitutes a psychopath and like whether or not the pusher is a psychopath or whether you have psychopathic tendencies and and she's like yeah well this is kind of how that is and Sherlock's like yeah well most psychopaths most pushers are kind of like very sloppy they're very impulsive they just sort of like oh they see a moment they do it they they and then they leave um whereas this guy's very calculated because he was looking at cameras and he was obscuring his face so he'd cased the place before so he was very aware of his surroundings and what he was doing so he was like this doesn't add up and i love that
2: hmm i also think it's to note that uh Sherlock mentions he lost a very a very valuable informant mm. to a pusher, so you
0: this bet. is not it's a totally lot of things true.
2: that uh, Sherlock despises, like that really irons him. But that was one of them. Like he
0: picked yeah. up that mantle. Like, like,
1: I, I, I'm taking this one personally. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He does mention that he uh, lost an informant in London, I believe it was to a pusher. Which God. I was wondering, like, is it just like the shock of the aftermath that lets those people get away? Because like you do this in a crowded place, you're like full pack. Like, I get it. It's like, Oh shit, something happens. But if you're actively like pushing people in front of the subway, are you just relying on that? Like the shock and awe of the horror that's happened to like, you know, facilitate your escape.
3: You would have to, because I mean, I guess some, everyone would be stunned and probably focused on the gruesome, you know, Mm -hmm. accident. And then you get to slip away. But, uh, yeah i don't know it's definitely a risky crime i think because
1: but i i think that's why it appeals to the more unhinged side of the so psychopathic psychopath psychopathy
3: yeah because they don't have (laughs) that uh the the grasp of the consequences i guess
1: yeah they're just more like this is the moment they're very like immediate gratification and like i got it and i'm gonna go and now all right so um, so yeah, there's a very premeditated crime in, in this case with the roses and, and, and the lady in the beginning. And uh, and he's like, I know exactly what this guy looks like. And he holds up a very Unabomber-esque sketch of the guy. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, it is Unabomber.
1: And, 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 yeah, but it's the uh, patch like on his jacket that, that seems to be uh, the, the, the identifying part, which seems to be very flimsy because if, if it's just a piece of clothing like, it's not like the guy has a uniform. He has like, oh, here's my pusher, Jack. Let's go. Let's get this done. So how are you going to, like, nail somebody down on a patch like that? Maybe if Holmes you... be homing. He's <laughs> homing hard. I love how half of his, like, Holmes moments are just baited on. Man, I hope so.
2: This is logical. <laughs> really? It's logical? Like, it makes
1: sense in the moment I notice this thing. Let's just hope that this p- pushes on. No pun intended. Um... <laughs> yeah so they can't find cal anywhere joan's doing all her little legwork, and sherlock's like oh, i have this jacket so they're kind of they're they're in the, one of those moments in this this episode where they're kind of in the same room bouncing their little ideas off of each other before they split apart and go off and do their own thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh and then uh, joan is on the uh talking to him about this and she's deep in the casework and she gets a phone call from our favorite emily who is uh like Hey, she's like, oh, I was supposed to meet you for blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, well, it would be the first time you've like not shown up.
0: Oh,
1: Emily. <laughs> I was like, uh,
2: are you? She bitter? Are you eating her out or something? Dude, come on. Passive aggressive.
0: <laughs> Passive aggressive. you know your
2: friend. Y'all ain't fucking calm down. If you know your friend has a history of being late or missing something, you just call 15 minutes, hey, you still coming? Exactly. You, you don't wait you don't at the bar for they <laughs> Oh my gosh.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you like you might want them to not be that way, but that doesn't mean they're going to not be that way. So you adapt to be like, I'm gonna verify before I leave. Are we good? We good? Okay, I'll see you in 20 minutes. I have a friend of mine, and sh- uh, you can verify five minutes before she could say she's on her way, she's still two hours late. Like, what happens? Like, I don't know, shit happened. No. <laughs> <laughs> <Those laughs> to the people. point where like To the point where I'm like, I don't leave until I know she's there. (laughs) (laughs) It's become an art. I'm like, oh, cool. We're going to meet at eight? Great. I'll leave at nine after I know that you've been there for 20 minutes waiting on me.
3: Text me when you get there. I'll leave then.
1: Because then I will get ready to go.
3: I told told my (laughs) mother-in-law an
2: hour earlier so she could get there on time.
1: Mm -hmm. oh yeah i I don't think that would work with diane i just don't think it would work with her she would find a way she's like oh i see your hour i raise you three (laughs) lover more than anything but one of the hardest people to make plans with because you cannot predict
0: oh boy you can't
1: anyway Anyways, but i do
3: (laughs) think this is a new behavior for joan like it's you know probably stands out to emily like what is going on now you keep standing but
2: Because Joan (laughs) had the same dedication and work ethic when she was a doctor, where plans were canceled, but it was okay then. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's
1: a good point. I have a note later saying, like, why is Emily so focused on Joan being a doctor? Because all this shit she's doing now was fine when she was practicing medicine. But now that she's doing these, oh, windsurfing type things to her. (laughs) All of a sudden, it's him. unacceptable behavior. Yeah. Oh, mm, Emily.
2: Emily would have been a column. Yeah. We me don't see a lot of her, later. do we?
1: You
3: never talk to me she anymore. She shows you, up now and then. But you never have. Had anything as a
2: corpse? Good to say.
3: <laughs> I. You know what? I just remembered. Emily. I would love if Joan had to solve Emily's murder. I would love that. <laughs> Actually... that would make me so happy.
1: Just that would be like, okay, Emily's gone for one, two, Joan gets to flex, three, she gets to revenge for she gets to say, Emily, fuck you. I solved your murder.
3: <laughs> Do you remember? What, Emily was actually the one who introduced her to Aaron, the uh, married guy uh, from early in the season. That guy. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So we, we, I guess we should, I've, I just now remembered that. Emily's a little pushy. She
1: is very Emily is not married.
2: She needs to worry about her own her own self you worry about your own
1: self Emily. again she's so focused yeah. on out she can't work on in <laughs> get you a husband
3: work in on in baby. emily get
1: you a. she sister. needs something <laughs> to focus on get a dog damn Ooh, yes. get a cat. leave joan get out a cat. of it <laughs> cat dog. yeah cats at least like she's like where are you going why don't you want to come hang out with me cat <laughs> she's gonna get mad about a cat about being a cat
3: yeah, cats are gonna make you. They're gonna hurt your feelings and give you all kinds of insecurities. That's, that's what sure. she, she needs. I think like, she enjoys it. <sighs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: She, she needs people drama. to cater her to because by the end of the conversation, Joe's like, "No, no, no. Let me take you out tomorrow. My treat." Like, i feel so like she's like, "I don't know." And Joe's like, "Come on. I feel terrible." And yeah. Emily's like, "Well, now I am hard."
2: Okay. <laughs> Damn, Emily, man.
1: <laughs> she is problematic.
2: Like a, a, a character that a foil character like that it's like wow you just they found a vein with you and you have no redeeming qualities no you're <laughs> emily
1: the only thing about emily that is redeeming is the fact that for some reason joan likes her <laughs> that's it emily there must is that be something friend. in there so we give her the benefit emily of the doubt.
2: Is that friend that
1: the other friend she's just has friend. to constantly vouch for them like she's yeah. cool. no, she, really, no she's no i promise cool. look she's had a rough day she's not that bad yeah. But Emily is Jones Callie.
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh Lord, it, we all Emily's have like, someone listen. like that.
1: Emily's like, listen, I always show up when I say I'm going to be there. It's like, yeah, Emily, you have no life. Joan doing shit.
3: Yeah, it's it's um very frustrating, but we're not yes. even to the worst part yet.
1: <laughs> no, but we're setting it we're up for there. it. Yeah. I like I like your notes. It's like Emily's a little bitter.
3: You think? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wish I
2: was on that page because <laughs> my Emily notes. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Emily is the human equivalent of earwax. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's like a shot of malort. My, my notes say Emily, Everybody from Chicago knows exactly Emily, what I'm talking if you about right me, now. Just say that. If you want to have yeah, sex Emily, with Joan, just be open. She might. Just say she, that. might she might be into it. Joan's in a transition period right now. She might experiment. Never know. Maybe it'll help her find better guys. <laughs> We're not gonna start on Jones tasting men. Oh, we can't. <laughs> we can't because this has just become the podcast. Because if I have feelings on anything, it's that. I
3: okay. love how Marisha like knows this, and she has no prior knowledge of our discussion doesn't matter.
1: Mm. <laughs> Ugh, you are
2: man. not
1: alone in that. Okay. Mm-mm. I'm glad we're all on the same page on that because damn.
0: Damn. All
1: right, so, uh, so she wraps it up. The next morning she goes to the Drew Gardner's gallery and uh, starts asking questions. And he's like, no, I'm very bland and uh, like a very bland white guy. <laughs> you know, I don't, I would never do that. Like, of course, how many killers in the history of killers are bland white guys?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, most of them. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's not really a, a, a defense, my, my my friend. So yeah, he's very he's very cool. He's very calm. He's got an answer for everything. Um, uh, again, he like, throws off, oh, Callie was kind of complicated. Uh, what are you going to do? I knew he uh, and was then, the killer uh, he when he a...
2: said, I just want her to be happy.
1: Yeah, even <laughs> if it's with somebody else, a.k.a. She uh, will never be with, like killed her with
2: else never that's when i was like yeah i just wanted to oh yeah you yeah. that was it
1: yeah i agree um there was never any question that he was not the one who did it like for the moment i'm like okay it's not if he did it it's how he did it and why he's getting away with it at this point in time that was always the question i
2: gave me. it a benefit mm-hmm. of doubt. i hate being like yep the spouse did it so i gave it a benefit of doubt
3: yeah
1: bell would have been actually right on this one Every time, and then he'd, then he'd be like, "Look, I told you." I think he was like <laughs> Broken watch is right twice a day. <laughs> just keep saying the thing and over again. Eventually, you will be right. That does not mean you're a good detective. You're a snappily dressed detective, but you're not a good detective. Bell is
3: a good detective. Is a good whatever.
1: You <laughs> take that back? <laughs> He's always with Gregson, going like, "No, I think it's the homeless guy." <laughs> I think it's, I think it's the homeless it's guy. You
2: gotta, you
3: gotta give. Yeah.
1: Season yeah. one, Bell and Gregson are either nope, you're wrong, Sherlock, or well, Sherlock's got this crazy ass theory. I guess he's right. That's it. They have no they in between. It's always either much A stuck or B. In the mud, like <laughs> button laced
2: up. It gets better. Yeah. It gets better. Yeah. Like the del- yeah. development on um, Bill's character was very satisfying. The development right, on I'll Gregson's that,
1: character, right. I was ready to fight. But. Okay. <laughs> okay okay no no i love that i love that i'm looking forward to it
3: and sadly we don't get a lot of them in this episode but we i mean we see little bits here and there
1: <clears throat> so yeah um yeah he hits her with that line about like i don't like even i don't i just want her to be happy even if it's with somebody else that whole like oh sad sack bullshit and uh and he's like oh yeah and he's like that trunk again why do people talk about that trunk yeah and uh, he's like, No, she took it with her. And, and he's like back and forth. And and then Joan's like, okay, cool, thanks, gotcha. Mm-hmm. He has a stronger
3: I- reaction to the trunk thing than anything else they talked about in that conversation, including his missing wife. <laughs> the trunk yeah. thing really set him off for some reason. That's where he messed up. <clears throat> that's yeah, a,
1: that
3: is that's like what, the, that was
1: that was the whole plan. Yeah. The Achilles heel and
2: his whole plan, the trunk. If he had left the trunk, yeah. gave it to the sister
1: he could have made off into the sunset No. Nah. exactly nah, but he tried to get he tried to get clever with it he tried to get greedy with it
0: yeah yeah
1: i do I, we did over overlook that one bit where um but the night before where, when uh jones is like yeah i'm going to the gallery tomorrow and i'm going to do my best Columbo, and, and sherlock, oh yeah who
0: and like, <laughs> she's
1: a the, never mind
0: yeah and i so think
1: cute. this plays back into my theory that like because sherlock is a present-day character there is no cultural reference for Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle in the past. So you can't say, like, uh, no shit, Sherlock, as yeah. a joke, because it's not, a, it's like no one gets the context because <laughs> Sherlock doesn't exist as a character in this universe. Uh,
2: wow. That...
1: Yeah. <laughs> So they can't, they have to make other detective references like, oh, uh, Kojak the Night Stalker or whatever, you know, (laughs) Kojak the Night Stalker, you know, like just these other detective options. I guess Perot is a person because Agatha Christie was separate. So she was probably writing Perot. Yeah. It's actually quite wonderful in that universe now. (laughs) like but yeah sherlock is like there's no cultural points for that and i love that because like you can't make the same jokes you can't follow those crutches as like cultural reference points because they don't exist yeah but yeah so she gets outside and calls sherlock and just says like so you know how we thought callie was right nah bitch is dead he definitely killed her <laughs> yeah. yeah she did it <laughs> he is absolutely dead i don't know how yet but he is he did it <laughs>
3: he guilty he did um... it. um so then we go to commercial break and come back and joan is playing the recording it sounds exactly the same as the speech we just heard drew give and she's playing it for sherlock and then she says actually this is from five months ago when he said the same exact thing to the police and it sounds identical and she thinks that it sounds rehearsed and sherlock's playing a little bit of a devil's advocate like well, he's probably had to repeat this in various interviews, and um, she she's like, no, no, no. There's something I don't like about this guy, uh, and he offers help, but for and to help with the case, and she's like, no, it's cool. I'm like, I got it, I got it. <laughs> and then she's kind of like, actually, what would you do next if this was your case? Yeah. Um, so he goes into this explanation of the term gaslighting
1: and i love that he gives a proper definition full-on saying oh, yeah. gaslighting is parenthetical in a relationship parenthetical continues on with like defining of what it is i'm like people aren't using it as like a oh it's not a psychological tactic used in like no it's like what you do in a bad relationship where you're trying to make the other person feel like their feelings are invalid yeah and i love that he locks it in there and just like this is what gaslighting is.
3: Wait, how have you heard people use it?
1: Well, it's always been like, oh, well, it's just, it's never been couched in the terms of an abusive form. It's always been like a uh, thing that you do psychologically, but not like as an actual abusive term.
3: Yeah, it 100% is abuse. And um, I I like how he explains it comes from this stage play. And have you guys ever seen the movie with Ingrid Bergman, Gaslighting? <clears throat> or Gaslight, it's called Gaslight. And, and in the movie um i think even for the time it was a period piece and it was set with the actual like sconces on the wall are mm-hmm. gas and this was it uh, a hail
1: mary sconce
3: okay i don't know what that is did to talk about that last time uh,
1: back in the turn of the century when they were switching from like gas to electric they had them both and you were supposed to like run they, they had a gas lamps but also electric lamps built in the same thing and it was called a hail mary because you're lighting it and hoping it didn't blow up <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh my god no i've never heard of that
1: yeah 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 so before osha they made some questionable <laughs> decisions in progress oh, okay. and combining an electric light with a gas lantern oh. in your home and and mostly wood structured houses was kind of a that was a that was a thing that happened in life. That how, was a time period that we lived through. How did barely.
3: anyone survive? I don't know. <laughs> you that. but, no, uh, that's this was That this was a thing life. that was a thing. This was something that sh- her husband was trying to drive her mad and he would go uh on the other side of the wall and like uh, I don't know what you call it but controlling the flame on the gas so mm-hmm. that on inside the home she would be seeing the lights flicker and then he would come back and she'd tell him and he'd be like, I don't know, I didn't see anything. So that's where that term gaslight really comes from. Gotcha. But uh yeah, if um if your partner is doing that to you, um you might want to red flag. Mm, yeah, it's a big oh, red flag. Yeah. Yes. Um Definitely a favorite tactic of abusers. And if you don't have friends so... to talk
2: to, leave now.
1: You exactly. nar- that's the yeah. thing. With narcissists, that's where the thing, they isolate you from your social circle so that then they can gaslight like the fuck out of you mm-hmm. and control And then it's you can't voice yourself to anybody because you've already isolated.
3: Sherlock Holmes is a narcissist. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's really turning it on his head. He's isolating Joan. Hmm? um no her friends do a good enough job of isolating
1: yeah they do a great job because you don't want to be around them
3: yeah so he grabs sherlock grabs this box of uh burner phones i just love that he has this um i i wish i could go through his through the brownstone and just look at all his shady shit.
1: I like how she says, Why do you have so many phones? And he says, Why do you only have one? But the question you buried, Sherlock, is like, Why do you have a giant moving box full of cell phones? It's gi- a burner phone, giant disposable box. phones. There's yeah. like a hundred phones in there. None of them are being charged. You're just going to go through to find one that works?
3: Basically, I think so. <laughs> yeah, he just grabs one. Knowing so how he, he... just
2: charged, he has a charging
0: schedule
2: that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he never forgets you know. That was the thing with that time period of writing savants. Yeah. (laughs) Talking about being on the spectrum and not for benefits. Um.
3: Yeah. So he texts a message to Drew Gardner that says, I know you killed her. I know what you did with the body. And basically he, he knows like, okay, so. Drew's going to know someone's on to him. He's not going to know who. But he's going to have to move the body or, you know, take some kind of other action. So you just got to go stake him out outside the gallery and and basically wait. Um, so then we have Sherlock with Gregson questioning a suspect in the subway murder. This actor's name is Jim True Frost, and his face is so familiar to me. But when I looked him up on IMDb, like I had seen some of the things he was in, but I still can't place what I know him from.
1: He's he's stalked a lot of people.
3: <laughs> he's the stalker. Uh, <laughs> this, this is kind of his. Um, this is, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't,
1: I didn't recognize him. I've never seen him before, but
3: he has a really recognizable face. I think. Um, so it's a guy that worked in the same building as the woman who got pushed off the subway. And Sherlock has video of him, like security video footage of him following her onto the subway platform and even recording her on his cell phone. So he's kind of he's caught and he has to admit that, okay, I was there the night that she got pushed and I was recording it. But he's like, why did you I lead with plan.
1: that shit, motherfucker? Because yeah. he was stalking. Of course.
3: I it get it, stalk-
0: Here's dead, the thing, so- it's like, so-
1: as, as far as we know, he's done nothing other than creepy, which socially awful, but like yeah. illegal not. So walk in there and be like, oh, shit, OK, no, here's the thing. Listen, I stalked this girl because I'm weird, and I have no social skills, and I'm terrible. But <laughs> I didn't kill her, but I do have video for you of the person that did. His, he's in and out 20 minutes yeah well rather than getting grilled and then like by the way oh you got me okay I'm going now I'm going to admit that I was there filming the whole thing
3: I think that's part of what the conversation Gregson and sherlock have after this scene whereas like is it possible because we don't see him in the recording so is it possible that he had like a a creepy buddy that He got to hold the phone and film him pushing her or something. But that's just not probable, you know. It's not the most likely thing. Um, But the video does come in handy because... um, Oh, wait. We're not at that yet. We're not to that scene yet. But he's... Basically, Sherlock is frustrated because he still can't get a good look at the patch on the pusher's jacket. And then Watson calls and she's not having a great time at her stakeout nothing is happening um drew gardner is acting completely normal uh and and then sherlock has to remind her that she has plans with emily and he helpfully has asked alfredo to come in and relieve her so she can uh, more alfredo go hang out yeah oh, we're always, always happy to see him i love
1: alfredo <laughs> yeah good character. he's the best i was uh, hoping like when he first saw him, i was like let's
3: can we get more Alfredo? Can we keep can him? We, yeah. Can we keep him? that's all I do?
1: Can we, can we, can we can keep we, can, him? He's so cool can he and fun and like knows next to
2: doing. the brownstone. So can, yes. we, can we wake up and just Alfredo's just scrambling some eggs? Like come on here, y'all.
3: That would can be, be great. Can Alfredo, what... be Sherlock's
2: attending. Attending.
3: We. we <laughs> you can write. You need to write that as your as a fanfic. Oh lord. Um...
1: The Alfredo <laughs> next. The Alfredo next Alfredo door. Alfredo next door. <laughs>
3: So let's see. Then we go okay, Charlotte goes back to the video and he notices a busker playing the violin in the background. Uh-uh. We'll remember that from the opening scene. Can we just start and...
2: start with I did not know that was another word for a person that panhandles that's so proper. Oh, really?
3: oh. Yeah, um, well, that's
1: a musician. It's, yeah, it's a musician yeah. or performer. Like, so there's like the people that are just like you got a dollar, but then there's like the people that actually like perform, like so dancers, singers, musicians. Those are called buskers. I did so not know the they
3: difference. had an official name. Yeah. yeah, and he is a really talented one. You do not. Oh my god, we have this um this mall out here in Santa Monica. It's called the Promenade, and they have the worst buskers I have ever heard. It's like. And they all get, I don't know how they get permits for this, but it's like they all have a, um, like a a speaker that broadcasts their horrible singing or horrible music to the entire like three block radius. And literally there's this one guy that just sings the Macarena sometimes, like just to a track. So I would give anything to have like this guy um, playing violin anyway i'll get off my soapbox oh, uh,
1: here's the thing is like here in denver you got a lot of good buskers like like up and down the 16th street mall downtown you got mm. well, there's the flute guy who like there's these awesome like jazz jazz flute like oh. moments just like sitting there just like solo jamming there's saxophone guy he's amazing there's <laughs> like people like there's like pianos all throughout the uh every now and then throughout the mall and like you'll just see people like playing the piano and stuff like that like if the piano's out of tune but they still make it sound good wow yeah, there's one uh, intersection uh, not far from where I live where, um, like, uh, like, a couple of jugglers will run out in the intersection what, during the uh, stoplight and juggle. Oh, my and gosh. Like, like, clubs and balls and doing everything, and then, like, hey, and, like, y'all need better buskers because, oh, here, Seriously? They're, they're, on, they're on point. Well, in
2: Texas, I'm jealous. Target, We have buskers at Texas and Target, and he plays his little heart out. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah, really? He's pretty good. He like, plays a lot of contemporary stuff. I wish he played a little bit more classical, but you know, it's yeah. fun.
3: Is it like a guitar or a violin? Violinus. Oh, that's, that's cool. Awesome. At the Target. Yeah.
2: <laughs> in Texas.
3: I mean, it adds, I'm sure it really adds something to your super boring Target trip to get to hear some cool music. Um, I have
1: friends that love Target, and they would be very offended to, offended to hear you call it going to Target boring. <laughs>
2: What is the all trying It's Amazon or Target.
3: Yeah. Like
1: Katie, Katie, I'm talking about you, and you know that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 love Target, but I I Target, <laughs> but. Oh yeah. I try not to go too often because it, it inevitably you spend three times what you intended to.
2: Last time, um, <laughs> last time I went to a Walmart, I looked. I was like, so you have all the flags that say you hate. Me? I, believe oh. I believe it. I <laughs> believe.
1: Yeah. Like where's your racist bigot section is that oh i see it i see it yikes
3: did they do they still sell that oh my god i haven't been to a walmart in years it's a good reason not to um okay so where were we oh the busker by the way did y'all recognize him
1: He's one of those guys I know from everything, but I, I mean, I, I he can never gets and, a like, title role. He's always uh, yeah, two yeah. He's again. always like one of those like yeah go to character actors. He can get a couple of arcs or something like that, but like nothing serious. You seen him he's, in the like, arc? He's he's been I, one
2: <laughs> episode. joe like yeah,
1: he was just last week. I saw, has... him, I saw him play Noah one time. It was pretty dope. And... <laughs> <laughs> just last
3: week. You making your round No, this is um. His name's Andre Royo, and he plays Bubs from The Wire. Did you guys watch? Yeah, that? I didn't watch The Wire. I'm glad he. Oh, he, I'm me glad either. he got. And
1: don't it. let anybody make you feel bad about not doing it.
3: I'm glad <laughs> he, he got his he own. He does. Show. He's yeah. well. He's. You know what? He's also a supporting character in The Wire. I don't know why, because he's so good in everything. So, uh, I you would, watch
2: The Wire? That's why you know Jim trusts True Foss. He was on The Wire.
3: Oh, he was. Yeah. Oh interesting. A series that's rolling perhaps.
2: Um that is too many consonants together to form a <laughs> <laughs> to form last in Lewinsky. From two thousand two
3: hmm. to two thousand eight. So it's been probably 8 to 10 years since I saw The Wire so I don't remember it but that's how but that's how good Andre Royo is in The Wire is that I remember him. <laughs> um so anyway, here he is uh just kind of trying to mind his own business and you see him playing in the video and then he stops abruptly and leaves and Sherlock is ex- I love the exchange that he has with Gregson. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You didn't know I played the violin until today. I didn't know you ate food. Oh <laughs> yeah, I love like, That's a that's an extreme statement there, Gregson. But I like I like your sass. I like your sass.
3: But I think it's funny because Sherlock does kind of function almost robotically. Sometimes he doesn't seem to need sleep or sustenance. You know, he feeds he's just... off
1: the energy of the case.
3: Yeah. Oh. So that it struck me as really funny. And and Gregson is, because Sherlock names the concerto piece or whatever the name of the piece of music that the guy's playing on the violin. (laughs) And Gregson can't pronounce it. Uh, It's like, padini, whatever. Um, So anyway, that was cute. And, uh, but yeah, Sherlock's like, that busker knows the... uh, pusher so we just got to find the busker and we'll find the pusher so we're back to joan going to her um meet her friends at the bar and emily starts off asking about her new career and so emily it gets awkward pretty quickly
1: yeah, it's not even like, yo, girl, get half a beer in. Let's kind of, like, get a buzz going on before we break out the hard shit. She's like, hey, I'm here. She's like, well, there's a reason why all of us are here. This is yeah. going to get awkward. But Like, you let the girl get her coat off oh, before no. you got to hit her with that she got
3: an agenda. You know, she's
1: yeah. like, do
0: you know how many of these I've held? This is what's the fuck. Yeah, one. she's
1: yeah. like, like, this I like it when she's like, is this an intervention? It's like... No, it's just some friends who care who are getting together to talk to you about something. He's like, "That is literally the definition of an intervention,
0: you idiot."
3: Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's so it's so uncomfortable because I think this is a conversation that should have been had with just Emily and Joan, and it should have been Emily asking questions with no agenda. Just like, tell me more. A fact finding mission. Yeah, like like, you know, you don't have to condescend or even tell her that you're worried about her, just find out what's going on with Joan. What is she why does she feel connected to this detective thing? Um, But instead, She blows it up into this huge um, thing. Like who
2: who is there for Joan? That's my question.
1: Joan. Joan <laughs> is there for
2: Joan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Joan got Joan's back and that's all.
2: Your friends like, well, it would make sense sense if you were screwing Sherlock. And I'm like, yeah. it's okay for you to <laughs> know lose about yourself like, and throw away
0: your career if you're screwing them.
1: It's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah if you're fucking a dude that's cool we get it but like you're pursuing a career that's non-traditional and outside of our understanding no this is fucked that oh yeah. this whole scene just like
2: you made lost? me grit my teeth you lost i mean ever since you stopped being the
3: doctor just seeing well yeah and you know what that read as strange to me because in the first scene that was six months ago they all seemed to be happy that she was doing so well as a sober companion um yeah. and then you now they're career? like, you seem yeah you seem lost it's like that yeah it just all comes across as combative and kind of like and joan was being attacked
2: you, and i I, for, I could not make this work in my head like at no point in fact if you know joan and you went to college with you you know joan
1: succeeds
3: yeah
2: so what yeah
1: and the fact that, uh, that yeah, and then she says like, "Uh, I get it, but like, you're not a detective." Oh, and I was like,
3: "The worst." Don't the you worst. see to
1: doubt her, Emily? What? Oh yeah. yeah, that was. And,
3: mm. uh, yeah, I I, I didn't appreciate...
2: like her friends. I don't like Emily. I feel like Joan's taste in friendship is the same taste as she has in men. Terrible,
1: questionable, <laughs> at best. Oh <laughs>
3: boy. And you know, (laughs) Joan is someone who has evolved. She's gone through these very distinct periods in her life. Um, She's been through some really hard stuff. But like you said, she has succeeded. And these are friends that she's known for so long. But I think what we're seeing here is that they aren't able to keep up. With Joan in her evolution, and I think that's something that all of us go through in some way or another with friends that we meet when we're young, because uh, most people um, do not stay the same from you know age twenty two to age forty two. Uh, if you do, uh, maybe that's fine, but <laughs> it's probably well, see, not I think such a good thing. See, that's part of the
1: point is the fact that that okay, what's her face is a teacher, Emily is a journalist. I mean they've apparently they fell into these careers right when they got out of college and they've been doing these careers their entire I don't know what dude bag is. I don't know what he did. Yeah, who knows? He showed up. He's probably in finance with Ty. Yeah. (laughs) That's how they know each other. They thought Ty was a really good catch. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But but like the thing is, like the reason why she left medicine is because she suffered extreme emotional trauma and losing a patient and she's like i cannot handle this i cannot handle this i need to go find something else and she's tried to move on and 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 expand herself and like find out something that works for her where she can be helpful but she's also not like putting herself in such an emotional like like deficit as like if something like that happens again yeah. it's like none of these are like, people are recognizing the fact that like she's is that, like her her choice to leave medicine was a response to trauma mm-hmm. like and her choice to leave sober companionship and, and that which was very safe and very mm-hmm. easy for her and to try to do this new thing is also a response to like okay all right medicine's not for me Sober companion is like, fine, until I realized this was an option. Now I'm going to say yes and pursue this. And their inability to watch her adapt and grow as a human being is maddening.
3: It is. It is. And it's like, if you are going to maintain long-term friendships with people, you have to be able to be there when they're going through something, when times are good. Uh, and and like being able to see the person for who they are, instead of these outward things like their interests or their career um yeah. at, maybe that's I, what george we I feel like we've no been through some thought, shit. like we've known each other for 20 years but we're still <laughs> friends you know yeah <laughs> so just
1: happened we
3: just
2: get over it and like hey how you doing what's up I think yeah. yeah yeah i believe in core friendship uh, you should always push that person's happiness as long as it's not a detriment to themselves
1: their happiness exactly. is more important than your perception yeah. of them.
3: Exactly. And I don't and think anybody she...
1: was there for Joan's happiness. No.
2: That's right. although...
3: Like, Emily, her concerns could be legit if she felt like Joan was acting out of character, but she goes about it entirely the wrong mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Like, I yeah, can forgive her if she's the worried about her Apparently the only issues
1: that Joan's choices are making is that she can't meet Emily as often for drinks. <laughs> <laughs> that, that from what that seems like that's like the core problem is the fact like girl you just never you, like we went the last time we brunched yeah it was the last time we brunch. that's it and
2: we see <laughs> we see Joan get better at multitasking as we get further in the in the series
3: yeah
1: but anytime you start out something new you're all yeah in. you're all in yeah. and i don't you're all in There's gotta be a a time of acclimation where you figure out balance, but like when you start a thing, no matter what it is, that first couple of months, you're like, you're fucking in it.
0: Yeah, immersive. And like
1: what? Immersive, that's the only way you can get good at it, learn it. And then once you kind of get that shit on autopilot, then you can actually step back and be like, all right, now I don't have to hyper overthink everything I'm doing because I already know how I'm gonna react to this. Now I can like diversify and do other things like meet my needy ass friend for drinks
2: your media ass friend needs need some dick in the
1: life oh. thank you <laughs> thank sorry. you
2: sorry you're worried about somebody else too long so i i really too much I, I really didn't like that and i didn't like the position that put joan in in the next sequence of self-doubt
1: yes well, that's the thing i mean yes. it just it's felt like a very contrived moment to give mm-hmm. her that moment of self-doubt that's all. It was like a very drawn out moment of like you can't just can't have like a moment of realization like oh my friends are now questioning what I am doing with my life and that makes me question that too. Meanwhile, well, she's doing great with before yeah. that. So, that was frustrating.
3: I mean, what I like about it is that it sets up a bigger question throughout the episode of is this something that just anyone can learn or and this is, you know, Sherlock and Joan will have back and forths on this periodically, but it's like, um, are you defined? (laughs) Are we kind of set in the role that we're given by life? Uh, just, are we born into something or can we learn that thing? And I actually think it kind of reminded me of imposter syndrome. What Joan goes through, Starting here, it's like starting to doubt whether, am I the type of person that can do this? Or do you literally have to be a Sherlock Holmes um, to do this level of investigation? And yeah. I think that's probably a normal, or like a really normal thing to ask yourself when you're starting out on something new. But her friends definitely propel her to a, more of a crisis yeah. point, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. So, whew.
1: So she does this. She resolves it's the only way she knows how. Walks the fuck away. That's all things can do. And then she the bartender's the right like, your, your beer. <laughs> okay. okay. I, never mind. Y'all got this, right?
3: <sighs> Poor Joan. Um, so we get, Joan goes to meet Alfredo because he called and he's outside one of those uh storage unit warehouses and they, she gets in the car with him and they see drew leaving with the trunk this is the first time we've seen this trunk now it might be an antique uh a very expensive heirloom but i think that thing is ugly
2: i thought it was um, cute with the red the fact trim? That it's yellow? i thought it was cute with the red trim i'm oh god <laughs>
3: i'm sorry i was just like it has those straps like those leather straps i liked it all i (laughs) I
1: liked it all listen i'm with i didn't hate it i didn't hate. i don't know if i'd put it in my house but i'm like yeah i can see why people would want that thing it's kind of i'm one
0: of those people i was like all right i'm I'm outnumbered
1: here i want i want the luggage from joe versus the volcano (laughs) that was some high-end shit
3: i don't think i've seen that
1: well if you know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about that was some (laughs) cool shit (laughs)
3: <laughs> i'll google it later
2: uh, so i have i have a whole issue with this thing i
3: have a whole with her being in the i have a whole issue with this scene, with this fake out because
1: you know you you know we are not a afraid of a okay baby. so
3: yeah
2: you have alfredo who has a past history staking out a person
0: yes yep. uh,
2: alfredo who does things of questionable nature that lives in the grave Who's always hyper aware? Yeah. You have Joan who has been staking out this place before, Alfredo, who also is being taught to be hyper aware. You're telling me nobody's noticed this damn security
1: guard. <laughs> None.
3: Yeah, they're ha- security
1: guard, the cameras, the cameras.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The
1: fact that the fact that while we just while, left an episode
2: where she stared, went inside a what is that? A dry cleaner's like
1: these are high-end cameras yeah. I got a lot of cameras in here y'all are running in front for the Polish mafia aren't you
3: I think Alfredo might be aware of it and he just she just doesn't let him uh stop her because he definitely wants he just wants to call the cops let them handle it and, and Joan is like no 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 <laughs> for staying in the car like I'm not
1: with her you also have to think no. you also think her coming from that scene with her friends, like she's like already kind of guessing herself and a little like like frazzled. And she's not thinking clearly when it comes to like, yeah. I want she's like, I need to fucking get this guy. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the body's not strong. even though I would like to point out, this trunk because it's an antique because it's old as shit it's water made of wood that thing's got to be real 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 heavy
3: so heavy he had it and if you think stone.
1: there's a 120 pound woman in there or at least most of her in that trunk that's gonna be a big lift to get in the back of a shitty ford explorer
3: which he does by himself just, like, mm. just lift so it. if
1: she would watch she'd be like there's nobody in there there's no way that can be
3: Yeah, Yeah. she's not thinking clearly. But you know what else bothered me about this scene is we know that Alfredo has been imprisoned before. And so whatever happens, she is putting him in a very dangerous position. (laughs) Because even though he doesn't want her to do it, he's just sitting in the car. Cops might think he's an accomplice. I mean, I'm assuming that that's what they would think. And um, yeah, they don't really address that, but... Yeah, it's, it's actually we don't see we don't see how that ended for Alfred. I he feel left. like Alfred like, like... Nope. <laughs> I'm out. Peace,
1: <laughs> love you, Joni. You're on your own. Yo, I'll catch you
3: back at the I'll Brownstone."
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Be... Yeah, this is your turn now, white boy. I'm out. <laughs> Let me know how it goes. <laughs> it would not go well for me. I got to go. I'll catch you later. I'll call you.
2: I'm
1: just. You got my two hours. <laughs> Oh my if gosh,
2: completely right. If he oh. had
1: dipped on her
3: completely, yeah, oh, no
1: one could, no one could blame him Mm-mm. at all.
3: So the, it definitely doesn't go the way Joan wants it to, um, the like, security security guard kind of busts her while she's trying to open the trunk. And, uh, although she did do a good job, Jimmy in the lock, cool <laughs> so, and, yeah, the trunk. and she's learning and. Then the and then Drew comes out and the police arrive and it's a whole thing. Turns out the trunk is empty. So we, we we get to see Joan's face just kind of fall like, oh shit. And um, there wasn't even any junk in that trunk. There, well, Ooh, missed opportunity. <laughs>
1: Somebody could have said something.
3: Could have been some junk in the trunk. In the trunk. No. Um, just a
1: bunch of junk in this
0: trunk.
3: So then we cut to Joan in the slammer. Roles have been reversed this time. Sherlock is visiting Joan, and they do the talk on the phone through the glass thing. It turns out the,
1: the he moment he's like this feels oddly familiar.
3: <laughs> oh yes, and because uh, uh,
1: didn't, uh, she did the same thing to him first episode, right? She,
3: was it the first episode? Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When he uh he uh rammed his car, rammed the car into the shitty yes, psychologist right. Porsche. Yep. That she found him there. <laughs> hey. She left him there overnight too. She's like, I'll see you in the morning.
3: This is full circle.
1: <laughs> she left her there. So in the morning. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the deja vu. Well, I think she was in there because he was like, I have to go do a thing now, but I'll see you in the morning.
3: Oh yeah. I like I paid take your some... bail,
1: but you'll probably be processed in the morning. That sort of thing. So yeah. like, Have fun sleeping in this cell yeah i like the fact that here's what i like is the fact that as as fucking prickly and obnoxious he as he has been in the past his dynamic with her as far as a mentor is very chill very patient very like all right so the body wasn't in there sucks Mm -hmm. um you made a choice didn't work out we'll figure it out so how about in the morning well we kind of rejoin forces and work on our cases together i love that he was like so goddamn like like caring and compassionate about like going through this butt. And like, cause you're expecting him to be like this sort of like very aggressive, like, no, you're doing it wrong. Oh, learn your shit. And yeah. like, but no, he's like, nah, you tried, took a swing, missed. And even,
3: even's cool kind of, though. he kind of supports the choice she made and says yeah. like fortune favors the bold, even though it didn't work out in this moment. Yes. Yeah. And
2: he doesn't. Yeah. He's a no, good, he's that. a good He mentor. doesn't let her spin,
1: tail spin in it. He's like, yeah. you got the if you- he calls her out that later too, which we'll yeah. get to, which I also love. But like he <laughs> is very much like, I see where your brain's going. Cut the shit and focus <laughs> on what we're doing now. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I love that.
3: Oh, yes. So let's see. He tells her what actually happened with the trunk, which is that Drew sold it uh after Callie went missing. And recently because they were looking into him got a little spooked and decided to buy it back from that person and that's what he was doing he was just picking it up <clears throat> so you know he's kind of saying like your hypothesis was good you were wrong about the trunk but that does not necessarily mean you were wrong about him being the murderer let's just talk so, about Drew
2: for a second you knew who the mm, trunk belonged to and you still sold it yeah. for a profit wouldn't even He's yours. a hot
1: piece of garbage.
3: Yeah, gross. He, yeah. he, he doesn't Aside even seem to be... Aside from the fact that he
1: murdered his wife, he is a fucking horrible human being.
3: <laughs> he doesn't even seem to need money. Like, he owns an art gallery. Well, they said something about, like, his
1: gallery was suffering, and that was a oh. busted-ass Ford Explorer she was loading it into. Hmm. It wasn't like a Range oh. Rover that was a. That was a... That was a that was not a great vehicle.
3: Oh that I didn't Which later notice. when
1: he was like, oh yeah, he'll be cool if you pay for damages. I'm like, what? She rubbed dirt <laughs> off of it? She popped a lock. is his lock is about broken yeah. the lock was broken beforehand? Yeah, that was probably it probably fixed it. <laughs> like, oh that thing's been jammed for a month now. Thanks. It was dented beforehand. He had he has to get in on the passenger side. Mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I feel
1: like it's your goal to make me do a spit take with this one. One of these days you're going to do it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> either spit take or she leans so back and far in her chair. She falls over. <laughs> one of the two. One of
0: the two.
3: <laughs> oh, Lord. So, okay. Where were we? Oh, we were still in the, we're still in the jail cell. So he tells her about the trunk. He tells her not, you know, not to give up just yet um he says i think we need a tag team you come help me with the uh the pusher subway pusher case and i'll help you with this case so next scene sherlock and bell go talk to our busker andre royo and um he's he's just really tearing it up on the violin and
1: oh, he's like bach you sold out
3: <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> okay but people want to hear uh, you went from
1: like uh, like Paganini to Bach.
3: Sure Sherlock has um I don't know what would you call it? Would you say he's bougie? I don't know. If you think Bach is basic, I don't i I'm not on your level. Well,
2: <laughs> if, you're like a,
1: if you're like a classical music like aficionado, you're like, oh, this is like that's like basically like Bach is like the motley crew of the classical
3: world. <laughs> Bach is for beginners. <laughs> yeah. There there's a take. Yeah. Uh, so they they're trying to to get um the busker to reveal who he saw on the subway platform he doesn't want to though and then Sherlock's like to bell he's like give me a minute he so <laughs> <laughs> and i think bell is just like yeah i don't know what he's going to do but he'll just okay it's fine and um
1: this is a look the other way moment for me yes, yes
3: exactly <laughs> bell has a couple of so <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, oh. i don't
1: I'm Listen, this will get shit done. I'm gonna go over here and uh, text somebody real quick. While I'm yeah. looking down the other way of the street. Little- <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah.
3: So Sherlock, I going to text like- my shoe
2: guy. <laughs> his shoe guy was spectacular. Like he Let's loves just his start- shoes. We'll get to fashion later. Yeah, okay,
3: we'll get all right, there. All right. Okay. So he he tells Sherlock, tells him, I know you're a pickpocket. Um... If you don't want me to tell my police buddy here, maybe you just talk to me about who you saw on the platform. So it turns out the busker had tried to pick Drew. Well, <laughs> who we later find out was Drew Garners He had tried to Spoilers. pick. Spoilers. Spoiler. Sorry. He had tried to pick this guy's pocket. He caught him and uh, they had a little tussle. So when he saw that guy again on the subway platform, he beat it obviously he didn't know what he was there to do um but then like they have this moment where the busker's eyes kind of like go down and look over Sherlock's coat and Sherlock's like hey you're casing my coat i know i know what you're doing um because what does he What's say like? like a coat to a pickpocker, pick pickpocket is like a, a safe to a lock pick or something like yeah. that um so then sherlock kind of gets this idea like wait a minute so you had to case the other guy's jacket and then he asked him about the patch so finally we we found the patch we get a good look at it and uh it says what does it say if you if you feel you must do something don't or something like that
2: weird patch
3: i don't understand it's a weird yeah i would like to say he probably got it at a music festival a pickpocket (laughs) what what military
2: espionage (laughs) under the table training (laughs) does drew get to where you're casing a platform to kill someone and a pickpocket bumps you and you grab his hand like no not today
1: it could have been yeah. that due to the fact that he was casing for potential uh nefarious acts he was hyper aware of what was going on around him
3: maybe My wallet
1: yeah maybe so yeah maybe Questions? i don't
3: know yeah because he definitely doesn't seem like a guy who has military or law enforcement training i don't know he he doesn't seem that tough
1: he watched some youtube videos
3: maybe i'm not giving him enough credit he did scare the busker he didn't
1: punch him right on out
3: yeah so Sorry, let me find my place. Oh, yeah. So we're looking at the patch and Gregson comes in to tell Sherlock and Joan, "Hey, Drew Gardner is here. He's agreed to a drop to to drop the charges if you apologize and promise not to harass him anymore
1: and pay for the damage to his shitty Ford Explorer." <laughs>
3: And Sherlock just balks immediately. But well, Joan, Sherlock never
1: apologizes. He yeah. mad apologized to Joan loosely on occasion. But for the most part, his actions are his actions. And he does not back away from them. So for oh, his yeah. ideas, like, if I'm trying to make you like me, this is what I would do. Tell that guy to go fuck himself.
3: Especially in the name of the investigation. Like, he's like, not and like, and you're also 99% sure
1: he's a murderer? Definitely don't tell him you're sorry.
3: Yeah. But Joan is really considering it. Um
1: I like her like I've never had a record. Yeah, that, record, was so that was beautiful. Yeah. That was justification. <laughs>
3: yeah. She's like a kid who's in trouble for the first time. I don't want to, I don't want this to go on my permanent record. I probably feel that way too. <laughs> but the um
2: murder But also
3: some of
1: <laughs> like in an injury Yeah. I'm like can you do Sherlock's line of work if you don't get arrested at least once or like, twice? Like once or twice a year. He ends up in jail half the time.
3: Well, this is the it goes the, away the once first you time find out who the murderer is. She's Exactly. You're, you're her tongue. Tongue. exactly.
1: It's expunged. Except the one. Except for one she's tongue.
3: she's got to she has to get over the hump here. She's not used to it. But Sherlock is he's well acclimated to this life and sh- this is her first entry into it and and she's still having some pretty crippling self-doubt where is she even says I'm not like you, Sherlock. Um you know maybe i just can't do this and i love his quote that opinions are like eye, watson everyone has cuz cuz she brings up what her friends told her like they've gotten into her head and he's he's just not having it um and she says maybe detecting is not something you can teach so it goes back to this whole internal debate she's having about Is this only for certain special people, or can I learn this? Um, So then we go, uh, we kind of see her going to apologize to Drew. Then we cut to her going to make another apology to Rebecca. Uh, She has to tell her that uh, we can't continue the investigation, unfortunately. But she doesn't get very far into her apology because something catches her eye and it's one of those nifty digital, digital, frames, digital yeah. photo frames so where do you think she got this like a uh, sharper image maybe i don't
1: know i got my mom <laughs> one for christmas a couple of years ago oh yeah yeah where'd you get it uh Barbara ordered online somewhere oh like probably Co- Amazon i think kodak somewhere. made one and i ordered it. Uh, yeah.
3: yeah so there's a picture of our missing uh very Callie. photoshopped
1: very photoshopped photo. <laughs>
3: Oh, I didn't even notice that.
1: Oh, yeah. It's composite all the
3: way. <laughs> <laughs> She's wearing the jacket with the patch. So Joan asks um, Rebecca, wait a minute. What's with that jacket? And um, she says that was actually Drew's jacket.
2: Dun, dun, dun.
3: Oh, yes. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> and then uh, she says, "Does did he have a beard by any chance? And yeah, actually. Coincidentally, he happened to shave it off around the time Callie disappeared. So cut to our evidence collage and Sherlock is kind of reviewing the facts of the case. Drew had a jacket that's identical to the killers and a beard at the time. And his wife referenced the subway uh, victim with the flowers in the Dear John video. Oh, this cannot be a coincidence. But he can't figure out how the two are connected. Like, why would he push a woman off a platform? Like, was he thinking that it might spark something in his wife, that she would see it and it would have some kind of effect to make her want to leave him? And Joe's like, that just doesn't make sense. And it could be a coincidence. Um, and this is when... Sherlock kind of chastises her a little bit and tries to shake her out of this. Like,
1: am I allergic to, I'm allergic to wallowing. So if you're going to do so, please do in the privacy of your room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like very nice.
3: Yeah. And there is something, this is a a lesson that I've had to learn over the years, like struggling with um, self-confidence sometimes there is like a self-indulgent element to it where at some point you have to just get over yourself. Yeah. Like, are you the smartest best person in the world no are you the worst stupidest person in the world no you're neither (laughs) i mean we all have our moments but that doesn't make it doesn't make you special it's like just get over yourself and do the thing you need to do um but it can be hard and she you know i have i have a lot of sympathy for joan in that moment because she is going through a big transition and 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 solving a murder is no small thing so this is when Joan has her little light bulb moment saying wait a minute maybe it wasn't that he killed the subway pusher to have an effect on his wife and maybe it was the other way around so then we get our classic um interrogation room scene with the suspect um Drew is still denying that he killed Callie, but they lay out their case. Joan gets some good time in there. Like, you know, I'm she gets some good woman. jabs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. Um. Joan, what does he say? He's
1: you're trying just... to gaslight her. He's like, you just yes. have this crazy theory. You want me to be guilty, so you're coming up with this crazy concept to make me look like I'm guilty. I'm like, you're gaslighting right now, motherfucker.
3: Yes. And I, I want to... <laughs> take a little moment here to talk. This isn't even a deep dive so much. When I was making the notes for this episode, I made a note that I, it felt like Joan was suffering from imposter syndrome. Then when I, the first article I came on, when I read about, I, I was like researching imposter syndrome was something from the Harvard business review. And it had a completely different take on imposter syndrome that I think is It makes a lot of sense, actually, that this is a label that gets applied to women very often, um, whereas having doubts and insecurities can be universal. Everybody goes Mm -hmm. through that. But most people, as they progress up the ladder of whatever they're trying to do, they'll get they'll find, you know, some equilibrium and. What I think the article is saying people don't take into account is uh, for women and people of color or LGBTQ plus people like anyone who is marginalized, they're coming up against uh, microaggressions, um, prejudices, different types of adversity in the workplace, in society that are constantly wearing them down. So I was thinking like, oh, shit, maybe I was wrong about the imposter syndrome. And then so I, you know, I put that idea to the side and I kept watching. And then I came back to this scene when he makes that comment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, You're just a, what does he say? You're just a crazy woman. With, no, you're just some woman with a crazy story. And it was so gendered yeah. and so dismissive of her that I was like, that's what the article is talking about. Uh and the, you know, the episode, I'm definitely reading a lot into it. I don't, I doubt that that's, well, maybe the writers did have that in mind. But I don't, like, I
1: mean, I'm starting to wonder if the reason why her friends are so adamant that she's losing her path because she's not a doctor anymore, because they think she's Asian, she should be a doctor.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see? Yeah. see. <laughs>
2: I am not qualified like, to talk on that. But I definitely <laughs> feel that was a small, oh, so when she stopped being
1: your Asian homie that's a yeah. doctor you stopped loses value yeah and so worth exactly but- you lose your definition of who they think you are as a person because mm-hmm. you no longer fit into their idea of who you mm-hmm. should be
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they can't get a grip on that because she keeps pivoting on them it's like oh what happened and like yeah, yeah i don't think they're actually implying that like because she was asian she should be a doctor but right it is funny that like that could very much be that sort of like microaggression of like you should be this thing because you are this there was a few blips is... of it
2: later on in, in the seasons where she discusses being the whole stereotypes thing. So
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe.
3: Yeah, and I would say. Yeah, Joan, her character is very perfectionist and hasn't dealt with a lot of failure well she i'll say she has dealt with a lot of failure but when she did she walked away right mm-hmm. like she stopped being a surgeon so uh i think that probably hits her harder because she's probably been like the valedictorian top of her class yeah. you know the, her whole life but anyway that's what that was just like a whole new take on the imposter syndrome thing uh i will link to that article in the show notes um Where are we?
1: We're in the big unfolding of the getting uh, caught out of the evidence.
3: Oh, yes, getting
1: got. You know,
2: getting
3: got.
1: Yeah, getting got.
3: (laughs) So, uh, thankfully, the police found an old email from Callie on the server. So, what the guy had done was like repurposed an old breakup email from Callie uh, and made it seem more recent um, so that's partly how they nab him and uh, Joan so she's kind of triumphant after that but she's doing the typical Joan like I need my bed rest (laughs) I need my beauty rest and in her bed um, with the laptop and Joan she gets a call from Emily who Sort of half-ass apologizes. I mean I mean the tension was there. She's like, I didn't
2: know you would answer. I didn't know
1: either.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) I would've Joan's not letting her off the hook.
1: Yeah. She's like, I'm not gonna apologize for worrying about you. I'm like, that sounds a lot like Thai talk.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 So and then and here's, yeah. This my issue me.
2: is that Joan wasn't validated to Emily until Emily got the article. This. Yeah.
3: That bothers that, me. Yeah. So if because it's if external, you, if you never.
2: If that never happened, if it was just swept under the rug, you would still be hounding yep. her.
3: And it's yeah. it's achievement based. It's it's like, like oh, okay, you're high performing value. again. Yes.
1: You've demonstrated value at what you do therefore i will no longer give you as much shit for even though it's like a non-traditional career path
3: yeah it should whereas it should be like okay this is making you happy uh you are not harming anyone or yourself you're still you know you have a roof over your head you're paying your bills um yeah
1: meanwhile it's like emily you're writing the news i'm making the news (laughs) get over yourself that's what i wanted to say to her i wanted much more of a conversation where she calls her out yes. on that shit.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: yeah we unfortunately we don't get that kind of satisfaction not in the emily um, oh man no i think emily is gonna go in the season one villains hall of fame with ty Damn. <laughs> yeah
1: and then we get to close out with her like i think charlotte goes like uh, I need your opinion on a case. I solved it in 14 seconds. I want to see how long it takes you to solve it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, um, "Yeah, I got. I like the fact she like completely cuts her off. Like, uh, sorry, something came up. I gotta go." And then, <laughs> <it just hits> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> But then we like close out with this last moment where she's like updating some like uh non Facebook. Like, Facebook whatever social media. D- delete, delete. Consulting detected. I'm like, what if that's like her dating profile or something? Like that? She's like, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna swing. And then I start thinking about like what are some of the profile like based on her men i'm guessing that the dating platform she's on are uh not that great and so i came up with some names for them oh, oh boy. boy yeah so uh right now my top contenders are okay stupid <laughs> good one got one um unhinged oh okay wow <laughs> uh bunghole <laughs> And my favorite because it just brawls all the winners. Tinder. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Cause we hate tie.
0: Oh I my
2: goodness. Say plenty of siblings, but
1: hey. <laughs> there you go.
3: You'll plenty that of one. what?
2: That's terrible.
1: Yeah. Siblings. That's a spoiler then.
3: Oh. Yeah plenty of catfishes is that the christian yeah. dating app
1: yeah okay. well i think it started out as one it's not so much anymore it's oh. just like a general
3: yeah um <laughs> we end on this uh the music is line of fire by junip never heard of that mm-hmm. but um yeah i i enjoyed this episode it was one I- of those like it, it felt like a um completely contained episode there wasn't a lot of influence you know sometimes the uh the cases are clearly influenced from a popular news story or or like something
1: um, like warrior syndrome like, yeah, the, episode. like the, yeah like the one like we just the did warrior the gene. warrior yeah. gene yeah
3: so um that episode so was
0: it was <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs>
1: I'm- I thought this was the first time they've done the uh, dovetail divergent. Like we're going to do our two things, but then they come back together and realize they're co- they're connected. I read a series of uh, fantasy novels that was based around a detective called the Dresden files. And in almost every single novel, there's always like two cases that seem very different, but then somehow he finds out by the end of it that they're connected
0: Mm. or
1: like one symptomatic of another and that sort of thing. So I'd like, I, I, I like that, that, that trope of like, well, we're going to, Oh no, look at that. They're actually part of the same thing. So it's always nice to kind of see that come together. So,
3: you know, from the beginning, they're going to be connected and it's just the fun is in. What, figuring out figuring how. Figuring out yeah. how. That's cool. Yes. Um, we'll link to that too.
2: I I like the episode as a standalone. What I did notice that I didn't notice like the first go round with the watch through, was that how. Joan basically alienates herself and devotes herself to this craft and sub, subplot is devoted to Sherlock. So yeah, yeah. I think that was kind of weird to process for me.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, it's also, you know, George, you haven't seen this yet, but like it's setting up stuff that's yeah. gonna play out Sorry, in the George. future of like, <laughs> well, I'll I'll keep it vague, but it's like you know, her, Joan and Sherlock figuring out their boundaries, uh, how, how they're how much life they're able to have outside of their partnership and that kind of thing.
2: I so. like the fact that they're in the in the first part they're still establishing
3: boundaries. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, you do- <laughs> or like in the last episode where they're like he's like oh part of our partnership is like you will get yeah. my dry cleaning and i will clean out the refrigerator and like redefining their they're like okay you're no longer my uh my sober companion you actually live here we're actually now roommates but also you kind of technically work for me because i'm teaching you but also i'm paying you and so very different dynamic shift from before where she's being paid from a third party yeah and it's more like a glorified caregiver
2: kudos
1: to like this two brush clean refrigerator that's i <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was very
3: thorough. Well, say, this supports what I was saying earlier about how your friends, the friends that last can be flexible with you and, and kind of go through life changes with you is because their relationship, is it's new, but it's going through a big transition and they're having to negotiate all these new dynamics. And it's not the first, or I'll say it's not the last time they will have to do mm-hmm, this kind mm-hmm. of like... Um, renegotiating so uh that even though sherlock is kind of a rigid personality he loves watson enough that he will he makes allowances for her he wouldn't for anyone else and he's he's going to be flexible for her and accommodate her in ways that um
1: yeah, but He's it's kind his of ability new for to him. do that is what makes him a good mentor for her, because she is getting to see a side of him no one else gets to see. And that side happens to be very conducive to education and learning and imparting knowledge. Yeah. And also making allowances for issues and mistakes and that sort of thing. Whereas you would think, oh, my God, you take Sherlock, like just on paper and apply him to the situation it'd be horrible watching him try to teach somebody mm-hmm. but because he has opened up himself vulnerable, emotionally to her and is vulnerable he's like it's cool it's
0: cool <laughs> yeah
1: yeah if you, you, you took a swing you fuck it missed it's cool let's just let's regroup and and I love mm-hmm. that I love that like she gets that side of him mm-hmm.
2: I would pose a question to Allison do you th- <laughs> do you think that's because of uh, what we found out later about proteges
1: Oh, I'm gonna take my headphones off
3: <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm trying to think if he had a protege before <clears throat> Joan, yeah, are you thinking about Kitty? Oh, but she comes after. <laughs> no spoilers no spoilers I'm cutting all this out I'm cutting all this anyway
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll come back to that at a later when y'all get
3: further down we'll visit
1: that yeah 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 we'll have you back If be oh, like yeah. like I was right I'm like okay now I know what you're talking about
3: by the way I am so excited to get to that part because I love I love that whole uh season but <sighs> season two anyway. tears my heart out
1: like season two
3: oh. ugh. in a good way or a bad way
2: both cuz i think uh i think i said it in the, my first article about this they walk this 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 line of is it romantic is it platonic is it friendship is it overarching and i think um that was like it was very well written like the allowances she makes because he is who he is to her yeah and what is this partner what is this partner how do you define this
3: Yes, and the very last, the scene between them at the very end, you
2: is- know, and you see, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and I think, uh, you know, could it could they have been romantic? Yes, could they also have been romantic? Stop and kept on going. Yes, it's, there were so many yeses and so little nos to how they wrote this interaction. And You often do not get that when there's a procedural drama in a male and female where they actually have on-screen chemistry. It's like
3: yeah, they're growing. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> yeah, there's like it's this show does go deeper uh, in terms of the character relationships than a lot of. Well, I like, I don't know I don't watch all procedurals, but um, <sighs> sometimes it's you have thing. to watch a show. For, well, like well, like with S- SVU, you might have to watch for two or three seasons to get this level of like relationship depth.
2: And I think I agree with that. Like for them too, it was like all in earth and 100%. Like mm-hmm. you really didn't feel, you saw them drop into a situation and then feel themselves out rather than build toward it. It's like, oh, you make tea in your underwear in the morning. <laughs> so
1: this is my life now.
2: And it, it was the Was that a dominatrix? <laughs> <laughs> Again. Okay. Can we have a card? And so, how often <laughs> does she visit? And it's never, yeah. There's never a ugh, moment for her, like you, but rather, okay, so this is what we're doing.
3: Probably helped that she was used to dealing with addicts and, and their behaviors.
2: Yeah. It's, I the conversation around how they uh, code characters especially hyper-intelligent characters and how it codes next to the spectrum. Mm. So I've always, I'm sensitive to that because I do have a few people in my life that are on the spectrum. And how they code Mm -hmm. uh, Sherlock as these intense mania moments with these intense drops, these intense social issues, but with this intense vulnerability that he has with Watson.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, it's interesting.
3: Do you think that's an accurate depiction?
2: I think they. Uh, one of the conversations I had was there's often this nerdy, geeky character in procedural dramas or TV shows mm-hmm. that has intense social
1: issues. Well, that's like Criminal Minds.
2: Well, okay, yeah, Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds, uh yeah. Star Trek, there was uh, oh, why is his name escaping? Me? Uh there's a captain on, not a captain, there's a lieutenant on criminal minds that they made fun of. Uh, a lieutenant on Star Trek that they made fun of, Criminal Minds, uh name a procedural drama that doesn't have a intensely geeky, socially awkward person.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah it's usually their they're always tech the person. smart person who's a tech person who yeah. comes in the clutch with like uh, that monk but I noticed that this uh, yeah.
2: yeah so it's the coding of how they uh, the way you could separate those two without it being coded that way was always an interesting conversation yeah. and um, the idea that brilliance is next, is next to lun- lunacy
0: mm-hmm
2: And, of course, Sherlock deals with those moments, too, which is uh,
3: tough. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I like that um, his, whether Sherlock is neurotypical or neuroatypical is never clearly defined. They never explicitly say, but they give him... He's not, like... How do i want to say this he's not rigidly defined so just like human beings i think sometimes uh people with disabilities or uh who are neuroatypical are kind of locked into a box like society Mm -hmm. just thinks this is how they behave this is how they think and act at all times but that's not the case they're humans just like anyone and so they go through highs and lows and they have um strengths and weaknesses and uh so they they give sherlock the same kind of dimension that anyone would have um yeah i think that's why it works
2: yeah i definitely agree with that it was very fluid and then very made him a tangible character that we didn't get beforehand with other shows when you came to that character that nerdy Mm geeky slightly off character Yeah. yeah
3: Yeah, for sure. And for him to
2: stand, stand forefront, not a supporting role. So now we, and now we have shows like uh, The Good Doctor. or
3: Yeah, I haven't seen that.
0: It's fine. Just pass off. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, just
3: oh, it's not good. It's not good. Okay, just keep going. Just keep it moving. Uh, um. <laughs> and you said we get to talk about fashion. Yeah, Yeah, so let's let's talk about our favorite outfits.
2: All right, go ahead. Marcus Bell is looking (laughs) rather nice this episode. Like, I don't think they really gave the idea that Sherlock and Watson can look good with a T until Mm -hmm. (laughs) later in seasons. Like, right now, uh, right in those first two seasons, season one to, like, 2.5 2.5 because there's a very stark yeah. moment like at the end of the season where she's in this all white hair pulled back and she looks like why haven't you been dressing mm-hmm. her like this the entire yeah. Time. Yeah. but right now it's very uh baggy like she had this green coat and she, this leather beautiful bomber jacket and then she mm-hmm. really didn't know I what like to do with it. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful and she's she,
1: she like they wanted to they was like, hold it was like oh it's too hot on set to wear it but let's just throw it over the shoulder and get the yeah, shot I, know? Know that. I noticed that the, was the like, positioning of know, that yeah my question
2: was like who holds their jacket like that
1: yeah I mean <laughs> I've done that but that's usually because like it's hot and, and I don't want to like carry it but I like mean my hands are full or like, something like that it so it like,
2: a it's, a, it's a functional thing it, yeah. it was weird Um, and Sherlock like they hadn't the the cardigan the the plant working was
3: like, yes. Yeah. I liked. He did have a nice now, coat later. The blazer and the like, the collar was white, but the shirt was blue. It was like a mm-hmm. I like that contrast. I like that.
2: And I, of course, yeah. I liked his impenetrable coat with the lapel. Yeah. The pin I want to
3: know what is on that pin. I that's always know. on his lapel. I. I it's got to be something. I need a
2: good shot of that one to see it. I really <laughs> did love that.
3: We need a close up enhance enhance
0: yes. um,
3: <laughs> my favorite outfit goes to alfredo because alfredo always looks sharp he's like he's never like overdressed it's kind of casual clothes but it's like really sharp and he had this jacket that was like leather sleeves with a i don't know if it was wool or like a t- kind of tweedish body um and he always has like a baseball cap on
0: this
2: says is receding, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, don't get catfished out here looking
1: at these very succulent men. Like, let me, I need to see, I'm going to see your teeth. i want to see a body shot and I to see you without a hat on. No, <laughs> and no sunglasses, no sunglasses.
3: Wait, which, which app are we putting these shots on? All is of them. Is this unhinged?
1: This <laughs> is across the board. Unhinged, okay, stupid, all of them.
3: <laughs> George what was your favorite outfit?
1: I like the murder jacket. The murder jacket. Wait. It look it look comfortable. It looks stylish. Oh, you could, like, maybe dress it up. Maybe wear. Yeah, really, like, it to okay. a festival. I dig that. It's got it's got like a quasi like fatigue type jacket, but it's like not as like it's black or blue or whatever the color was. It's like I I liked it. I liked it a lot.
3: Maybe you could just keep adding patches yeah. as you go through life. Yeah.
1: yeah, I like that option. I've got a couple of denims. I put some things on. I like I like to have like modular clothing.
2: so
3: What <laughs> I put this one? is
1: yeah. definitely Marksville
2: long trench, nice shoes. He was just bad good.
3: Nails it. He always is perfectly tailored, and he wears interesting colors. He's not just like blue and gray. Yeah, like, like he wears a lot of. He's purples. always like
1: maroon and yes. like eggplant and that sort of stuff. Like like the color, but like about six shades in the cool direction.
3: Yeah, they do such a good job dressing him. Okay, what about our favorite words?
2: The fact that he t- texted her post haste. You like that? <laughs> post haste. Yeah, that's, is that's like a, a fundamental Sherlock term that you get when you hear post haste. It's like he doesn't say it. Post
1: haste.
2: You know it. what I like?
1: The um
3: the this the text was almost illegible thanks to abbreviations and like using eight f- instead of I forget what the word was. But you know how people will put the number eight in a word to shorten it
1: drives me nuts
3: it's crazy but then post haste was Ryan. written out completely and not abbreviated
1: yeah <laughs> it's
3: like what would you abbreviate to
1: P- P- just P- just P- i mean P- just, P- like there's you just take, just the take the vowels, the vowels P-
3: P- yeah. uh, <laughs> no one P- would know what he was talking about
1: yeah uh paste that, that a was a good one what was your word allison
3: mine was shyster mm. um yeah yeah because uh i didn't and i'm looking it up right now it it does usually refer to a lawyer which i thought it just meant like a shady person but it's well no
1: i like he says in the show he's like shyster is german for to shit or to to, to to use the bathroom or something like that or defecate he said
3: <laughs> yes that's not what now um, you're just
1: gonna be like yeah i gotta go shyster i'll be back
3: <laughs> that's not at all what is coming or what the dictionary online is saying but i'll trust Sherlock on okay it. that's what he said yeah
1: uh my favorite word was ain't i
3: <laughs> yes because
1: i don't think i've ever heard anus pluralized in that fashion before it's always been anuses and it i guess i guess in the context of the time you would need to pluralize anuses which typically they are to come in singular fashion but uh <laughs> but his t- i mean if t- most people's lifestyles require single single references to anuses or an anus but yeah the fact that they pluralize it like that just made me laugh
3: I had to look that up because I thought, is Sherlock taking creative license with that word? But actually, it did. uh, when I looked it up, it listed that as an option. Google search is
1: like, plural of anus. Literally,
3: that's what I Googled. It is
1: acceptable. And you
3: can say either. Anuses is not incorrect, but I guess we'll accept either.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was going to be plural, like, you know, moose. Like anus and anus is like both the pluralized verb and the same. Word. Geese, goose, mice, Anise. mouse, anus. <laughs> <Anise>. anus.
3: <laughs> what about your favorite line, Marisha? Human
2: faces is like penises.
1: That was my favorite line, too. Because I like the fact that this this episode is like, this is the episode where Sherlock compares things to body parts.
3: Yes. In fact, he, we,
1: couldn't, he you, compares opinions to anuses or an eye
3: That's my favorite line.
1: There we go. Look, yeah. We're all about the body part lines. Oh, yeah. yeah. Human face Watson is like the penis. I'm like, that's it. That right there. You could have said the penis. That's what we're, hmm.
2: <laughs>
0: looks like <at> penis. <laughs>
3: Peni and Ani. Yep,
1: that's that's hot right there. Back to back to front. <laughs> well, front to back. You always go front to back.
3: Let's keep it clean. Yeah. Oh gosh. Hygienic.
1: You don't want to spread bacteria.
3: <laughs> Speaking of spreading bacteria, where can we find you on social media, Marisha? Oh,
2: great. Uh, you can find me at Kawaii mj i look it was 11 years ago on twitter
0: <laughs> Kawhi mj on
2: twitter or you can just hit it, hit me at black alert pod and i will answer for some of my other compatriots and we will talk about it
3: we'll talk about elementary we'll talk about star trek i have a host and, of and shows we'll, to talk about <laughs> oh boy yep. we'll link to um her Twitter, both Twitter, so nobody has to worry about spelling Twitter handles. And uh, you can find us at elementarypod at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts and opinions on Ani um, and Penis Instagram.
1: Ani <laughs> and, di- and Dickheads.
3: Do not send us any pictures of your Ani Peni. I don't care. Like if they're. Don't names. send
1: Allison any pictures I don't of those. Care if, like, if you want to share them with me, that's fine.
3: George, George will look at your dick pics.
1: I listen. I'll take. I'll give. I'll rate it.
3: <laughs> Scale of one you, to you, ten.
1: I'll rate it. I give it. A, <laughs> uh, yeah, nine to ten, eight to ten, whatever. You know, leans to oh, the left. I don't that's care. That's
3: optimistic. You really think you're gonna get a bunch <laughs> of eights? Seriously?
1: <laughs> Seriously? I'll be honest. Like, listen, you send it. You know what you're gonna get. You. you <laughs>
2: If you're gonna get a bunch of age you're gonna
1: have you already have a self-assessment
2: <laughs> you knew you were a five when you sent that pick on a good day you're a six
1: and a half in the right <laughs> light.
3: we're getting some some photoshopped, <laughs> uh, photoshopped. picks yeah um find us on Twitter at elementary dears or come by our Facebook group the Brownstone my dears and as always big thanks to Jim Boggs for our elementary theme remix. And uh, it's time for our, our sign off.
1: Uh, you mean at the end of the show where we say, uh, Till next time, listeners. The game is
0: afoot. For a brief stretch in London, I told only to a phrenology bus I kept in my study. I named him Angus. What was I
1: missing?
3: Marish, I can tell you did you did your homework because you knew what we were talking about. <laughs> you know, once in a while we get to the end and and the guest is like, "Huh?"
1: You didn't even read the email? Yeah. You didn't even read the email? You
3: didn't, you didn't ask questions? Shit, it says it in the email.
0: <laughs> you don't even have to listen, just read the email.